Did Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind set the gold standard for Studio Ghibli movies? I personally think so. Let's talk about it on this episode of the Gaming and Chill Podcast. This episode of the Gaming and Chill Podcast is brought to you by Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is an online game retailer. Each week, they have brand new bundles that last for only a limited amount of time. And with Humble Bundle Monthly, for a flat fee each month, you gain access to over $100 worth of games for only $13. A game I received was Soul Calibur 6, which normally retails at nearly $60, and I got it and several other highly rated games for the low price of $13. If you love games as much as I do, do yourself a favor and get Humble Bundle Monthly using the link down in the description or by using the link on our website. Not only will you be getting amazing games for yourself, you'll also be able to support the podcast. Back to the show. In my opinion, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind really does set the gold standard for Studio Ghibli movies. It absolutely has a lot of themes that go forward in Miyazaki's films, such as man versus nature, good versus evil, um, but not good versus evil. More so in the fact of greed versus uh, being a good human being. Because I'll point out, in Nausicaa there is fear and there is greed, but I would not categorize any of the people as being evil. They're misguided. So there are three factions. One people is the people that lives in the Valley of the Wind. And then there are the Pegites and the Tomekians, I believe. I think I got that right. And they both want to destroy the uh, corrupted forest but they both keep trying to do it differently and keep getting in each other's way. And the people of the Valley of the Wind just kind of are living. It's kind of, in a sense, like a Buddhist philosophy of there is no good or bad. There's just not being... There's being selfless and giving or being greedy. There's being unafraid versus being afraid. And really, all the people that we would consider bad guys are just people that are afraid their world is very very um in a balance they're afraid of the giant insects that live in the forest they're afraid of the spores in the forest that will spread and corrupt the land there's a lot of fear and for good reason the bugs can absolutely wipe out all of humanity if they wanted to And so could the spores. But if you look at nature, you'll notice that nature is healing itself. It does not need mankind to heal itself. So in the film, centuries ago, thousands of years ago, a a giant cataclysm happened and burned the world, basically. 
and out sprouted a corrupt forest. Now, you might say, wow, that's, that's pretty terrible. I personally think it's an allegory to the fallout of nuclear warfare. The land becomes unlivable, tainted, corrupted. Spores are just fallout that can spread the sickness that it brings. But in the movie, the forest grows up in response to this corruption, this evil, and giant bugs start growing it because they've been tainted and twisted by the corruption. But nature always seems to find a way to to fix itself, to bring itself back into harmony. It's not all just death and decay. There's life and renewal. And throughout the movie, they'll all figure out that underneath the forest, the forest is healing itself. The trees are absorbing the corruption, and then when they fall, they petrify and become brand new dirt that's pure. So yes, the corruption is there to stay for a while, but the earth is healing itself, and it doesn't need mankind. Mankind just has to live in peace and harmony. If they don't go and bother the forest, the bugs don't bother them because, surprise, surprise, the bugs are guarding the forest. So if they don't bother the forest, the bugs don't bother them. They continue to live. Yeah, their territory may be, air quotes, threatened. But is it actually their territory? Does mankind actually own land? Or are we basically leasing it? There's a lot of philosophy in Studio Ghibli movies, and I think this is the first true one that really brings it to light. Castle Cagliostro didn't have the familiar nature elements that a lot of Studio Ghibli movies have. I know several of them that absolutely have a nature versus man sort of idea that hold a Buddhist philosophy in, in mind between being selfless and unafraid and letting go of earthly attachments and just living in peace. There's a lot of different themes that carry through in this film that I think start the ideals of Studio Ghibli movies. Now, yes, technically, this is the first Studio Ghibli film. Because Castle Cagliostro came out before Studio Ghibli was really a thing. But I, I think Studio Ghibli movies are not just a, a publishing house. They're a brand icon. Much that Apple is an icon in the industry, you look at Apple and you have sleek, simple, expensive, held in your head. Studio Ghibli makes you think of lots of nature sequences Music that is really cool, different a, a world that is close to ours, but oh, my, oh, so much different than it would be. The fact that nature is so prevalent, that mankind is important, but ultimately it's just a part of the world. Look at things like Ponyo or Totoro. Yeah, mankind is important, but so is nature. Nature is a huge part of those movies. And I think, truthfully, it starts here. And that's not even going into, later on, we'll see Princess Mononoke. 
that is absolutely a huge nature versus the industry. But that's later. Right now, we're talking about Nausicaa. I think there's a lot of different themes that you can pick up here. Honestly, there are so many things that I've seen this film before and watching it again this week, I absolutely picked up on something new. I pick up a lot of things that make me go, oh, cool, I hadn't noticed that before. Like the way she lures away insects. I hadn't thought about it, but it's just simple. No magic, no to, no no special tech. It's just a noise, and she speaks calmly to them. She's not condescending to nature. She accepts that it's wild and crazy and can kill her. But she does her best to act non-violently. Yeah, at one point, Nausicaa does actually use violence and immediately regrets it when she hurts the one she loves. She realizes what conflict really can do for mankind, and that's really only hurt itself. So she seeks to prevent conflict, and in that way, she becomes almost a, a Christ-like metaphor, sacrificing her life and bringing back renewal. So there's a lot of themes, a lot of themes in this film that watching it you'll probably pick up something that I don't. Do I recommend this film? Absolutely. You need to watch this film. If you're a fan of nature films as I, as I want to call them, pick up this film. Yeah, it's not available on Netflix in America or Amazon or Hulu or Disney. You have to buy it. But I think it's worth it. Honestly, the music in and of itself was so much more vibrant than Castle Cagliostro. That's not a bad thing. This movie is more vibrant. But the music made me feel more. It was more memorable. Like, listening to the main theme, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember listening to this a long time ago. And it felt good. It felt nostalgic, even though it wasn't something I watched as a kid. So honestly, highly recommend watching this film. Buy it however you can and watch it. There's a lot of themes. There are some scary parts that kids might be a little frightened of. But I think that's a good thing. That facing fear is something that these characters do. Some characters are scared and they cause harm to others. But others, they accept that fear is a reality and they move forward with it. And I think that's a really, really good example. And I think you should watch it. It's short. It's sweet. It's to the point. That's what I like these movie podcasts to be all about. Short, sweet, simple. Ten minutes. Boom. Done. Out. I want to know what you think. What do you think of these uh, recent uh, podcasts talking about movies? What did you think of this film? Have you seen it before? First time watching? Let me know. So, without further ado, I hope that you have a wonderful week. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this wherever you're listening to. Be it SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, iTunes. Be sure to leave a review and leave a comment down below. I will always appreciate it. And I read the comments for everything we get. And it really warms my heart. So, big shout out 
to one of our major supporters, Hawk. There's a lot of commenting on stuff. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And I will see you all next week for another episode of the Gaming and Show podcast. Peace. Thanks for tuning into the Gaming and Chill podcast. We hope you liked it. It would be really helpful if, on your given listening platform, you were to leave a comment and give us a rating. For more on the Gaming and Chill podcast, you can visit our website at www.gamingandchillpodcast.com. And from there, you can read anime and game reviews that are not on this podcast. You can also find links to all of our social media where you can follow us. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope to hear from you soon. Cheers!